0: I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Groves, and I walked into the studio the most excited I've ever been, I think, since I started this podcast because our guest today is one of those full circle moments when you've been eating a product for two years and I found this product at a time in my life and I was struggling with health issues and when you read on the label and research the story behind this entire brand, it just totally hit home. So I am so excited to have the CEO of Sweet Lorenz Cookie Dough, Lauren Brill, on the podcast. Say hello.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I'm so excited. This is... The cookie dough is amazing. And I know she has a package that she's going to show in a little bit because I was, we were talking a little bit before this. And I feel like it's one of those names that you hear. Here's the package for all of you watching. But once you see it, it's like, yes, that's the light bulb moment. So you have a great story. You got diagnosed with cancer right after college at the age of 22. And that was the catalyst for launching this brand. Take us back to the very beginning of, A, when you found out like, hey, I have a, this is a life altering event. And what did you tell yourself? Because truly mindset was everything behind starting this brand. So take us back to the beginning and where you were at mentally when you found out you were had cancer.
1: So I just graduated college. Um, I was 22. Um, it was a couple months after I graduated college. I, um, I'm from New York city. I went to college in LA. And right after I graduated, I went back home to New York to really just be with my mom and my sister and pack up my stuff. And my whole plan was like, I'm going to move to LA, get a job, start my life there. I can't wait to be an adult. And, you know, you know, whatever you know build my life like really you know at 22 you're just like so excited to like enter the real world um a week before my plane ticket before i was supposed to fly to la um for good i found out i had hodgkin's lymphoma i found out because the lymph nodes in my neck were incredibly swollen like out of nowhere went to i was done with my pediatrician i didn't even have like an an adult doctor so my mom was like just come to my doctor. And unfortunately my mom had had a type of cancer. So her doctor was an oncologist. And he looked at me and he said, you either have nothing at all or Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I didn't even Google Hodgkin's because there just was no way in my brain like that. I at 22 years old could be sick and have cancer. So nothing showed up in my blood work. It actually took like a month to figure out what was wrong with me. They did a biopsy, found out I had stage two. Hodgkin's lymphoma, they had to start chemo immediately. And I've always been a very kind of positive, happy person. It was the first time in my life that like, I really like just, just went down to like a zero, you know, I just was like all the things that I felt like were promised to me, all the things I was excited about, um, just were completely stripped, you know, and it was a huge smack in the face, um, that kind of, anyone who's gone through a major life crisis, you know, family issue, um, health issue, you know, you just realize, holy shit, like nothing is promised to me. And life is really, really precious. And health is everything. If you don't have your health, like you have, it doesn't matter about the money, about the family, about the, you know, anything else. And so I just... Um, it was a lot to process. So for a couple of months, my the first couple of months of going through treatment, I was really, really depressed for the first time in my life. And then, um, a couple of months into it, I just got so sick of feeling sorry for myself. Like I was just kind of drained. I had nothing exciting to look forward to I was sitting on the couch. And I just got so sick of it. And I just was like, Lauren, like no one is going to Magically fix this. Like I'm doing everything I can. Like all I can do is take as much control of my life as possible. You know, there are things that are thrown at us at life that, like none of us can control, but there are many things we can control. And mindset is is only you are in control of that. And I just like I made a deal with myself. i like I think I just really realized how sick I was of feeling sick of of everything. But also, I was like, this isn't my life. Like I'm not signing up for like a a depressing life. Like I'm not doing that. My life is going to be happy and fulfilled and healthy and vibrant. And that's it. And I think that was a huge turning point was just like my mindset saying like, I'm not, this isn't me. Like maybe I have to get through this, but this is not Lauren and this doesn't define me. And so I had this Like mindset shift, where I just like was like, I'm gonna get through this and be happier and healthier on the other side. So, what are the tools that I need to like help me get through this? And my doctor didn't talk about. He was all about just the medicine. He was an amazing doctor, but you know, when I asked him what should I do differently, he was like, "Don't do anything differently. Keep doing your same routine. Just you know." And that didn't sit right with me. Like, I felt weaker than normal. I felt like so vulnerable. I felt, I was like, I need to supercharge myself. So I started to study nutrition and, um, I've always, I was a yoga instructor, you know, already. So like, I thought it was a healthy one of my friends, but, you know, I took it a step further and really started to study nutrition. And I started to test things on myself. Like, when do I feel my best? When do I have the most energy? And, you know, it just really came down to eating fresh, real food that's when I felt like really strong and in a better mood. And my body thanked me. And I started taking cooking classes because again, I was going through treatment. So like, I wasn't going to a full-time job. You know, I had this kind of year off of my life. And so I was like, okay, on the days I don't have treatment, I'm going to go to this cooking class. And like, I'm going to stay motivated and I'm going to learn how to cook a, you know, I think most people don't eat healthy because they think it's not going to taste that good. So I was like, if I can make eating healthier, taste delicious, it's a win-win and I'll have that skill for the rest of my life. So I'm, and I was just thinking basic things like yummy salads, healthier salad dressings, proteins, grains. And I just have a huge sweet tooth. And so I was like, what do I do about dessert? Like every recipe out there is the same thing. White flour, butter, white sugar, eggs, like you know, heavy cream, whatever, you know, the list goes on. None of that, um, made me feel good. And so out of that frustration, um, and then I started to go to bakeries in New York and check out all, you know, packaged food and supermarkets. And I just was so disappointed with what was out there. And so that is why that disappointment. Again, I was like, all right, fine. If it doesn't exist, I'm going to make it. And I just became a crazy food scientist in my mom's kitchen. I was living at home. I completely, you know, raided her kind of pantry and just said like, no more white flowers allowed, no more um, unhealthy oils. Let's only bring in just like non-GMO clean ingredients. Um, and let me, let me just start creating. And I tried every single type of sugar and sweetener out there, every type of flour, Um, and finally, like hundreds and hundreds of batches later, I was like, this is, I'm not compromising. Like this is the best cookie I've ever had. And I feel great afterwards. Um, and that was really how sweet Lawrence got started.
0: It's so wild. And I think yoga really teaches you something and I talk about this all the time and I preach this that truly mindset everything comes from the internal and I think you know maybe this is something you can attest to yoga really gives you a different perspective on life because I think there's a wide number of people in a majority of a population unfortunately that would take your circumstance and turn victim like why did this happen to me instead of you did the opposite and saying like, this happened for me. And now you have an overly successful business. And it was just simply flipping a switch in your mind. And I think the most important thing you said for everyone out there listening is it's a choice. Like you truly have the choice each and every single day when you wake up to say, I'm going to take control of this situation. I can't control what just happened to me universe, God, whatever you believe in, I can control how I react. And my favorite part of your story was that sweet Lorenz really turned into a business from a cooking competition. So will you elaborate a little bit more on that story? Because that to me was so interesting.
1: So yeah, so I started making these recipes and I started to fall in love with them. And I have a really picky younger sister and you know, she was like, Lauren, this is the best cookie I've had. And so that's when I was like, okay, um, I have something here. And granted, um, this is after I thankfully was cured. And uh, you know, you know, after our after kind of there was no more sign of cancer, my doctor was like, okay, I need to still see you once, you know, twice a year for the next five years, but like you're good to go, you know, go live your life, be normal. And I was like, Cool, I don't know how to be normal now. You know, like yeah. I just went through the scariest, craziest thing, but I tried to get a job, you know, I tried to get a normal job. And I think and it just, nothing felt right. Nothing worked. I, I couldn't really like keep a job that long. I wasn't excited about it. I was pretty miserable actually. And so, but I kept baking on the side and that was the thing that just made me really happy. And so, um, a friend was like, you should enter this contest. They're having a baking contest where, well, it's a food contest really for like, it's called the next big, um, small brand for culinary genius and you know we're going to do this you know whoever wins it is going to win branding and design work and um and there were some really cool food companies in the contest and but I did it and you know um and we won i want i say we but it was really just me i mean you know we we won um not only the next big small brand but um they also had like a people's choice award for all the people that came and and we also won the people's choice award and that was just it was this small contest in new york city but it super validated you know our existence and like my idea and so and what i won was branding and design work from this great agency and so they helped me redesign our packaging i switched to having a factory produce the product and it really um, taught me a ton about packaging design and how important that is because you know when you're in a supermarket and your package is only this big right like a couple inches by a couple inches high you know you have to have something that really stands out and really grabs someone's attention and really communicates what you're about in two seconds because that's it if you can't communicate easily and stand out in two seconds you could get lost on shelf so I learned a ton about just the psychology and the marketing um, behind the business. And, and I really think I fell in love with like, um, you know, it's called CPG consumer packaged goods. I fell in love with like food packaged foods, because I think it just, it combines everything I care about. Like it combines health and wellness and making the world a better place. It combines art and creativity and business. And then it's, it's a chance for me like i'm an underdog type of person it's a chance for me as like the underdog to like win and prove that like i we can be smarter and better and higher quality than like the big guys that have been around for decades and um yeah i think it's that same mentality of just like i i'm going to believe in myself and i'm going to make a world that I wish existed as much as I can, I know I can't change everything, but if there's something I don't like in the world, like I'm not just going to sit at the sidelines and complain, like I'm going to get motivated to follow my passions and, you know, make it better and just say like, I'm not signing up for status quo. And like, listen, you have one life, like just make it, make it so full and fulfilling for yourself.
0: Where do you think a lot of entrepreneurs, you kind of mentioned, like I couldn't hold a job. That's a common theme that I've, from interviewing entrepreneurs. And honestly, it's something for me, I've held jobs, but I resonate so much with feeling unfulfilled. Like I was a yoga instructor. Now I have a podcast. I've always been pursuing other things. And it took me until I'm 25 now, but it took me 24 years to realize that was my path. Was there a point in your life That you kind of recognized, hey, entrepreneurship is just who I am as a person. Was there a a, like a pivotal point for you?
1: Yeah, I think it was. So both my parents uh, were entrepreneurs, so I, I I didn't realize it at the time, but like you know, those are my role models. I mean, I just grew up thinking that like creating your own schedule, having your own business. Uh, following the things that you're passionate about having the confidence to do it on your own um not having a boss like i just th- thought those things were normal but you know i i think in the back of my head like maybe i would have started my own company but you know i was really excited to like for my like you know 20s to be like working for someone else like to have mentors and like you know learn about corporate america or like yeah. learn how to work in a, in a normal environment and um I think that was probably always my personality, but getting sick so early in my life just sped that up so much. Like I just didn't have patience. Like after, you know, recovering from Hodgkin's, I just, again, I like really felt, I was like, if I don't have my health, I have nothing, nothing is promised in life. Like, you know, crazy things happen. Um, you know, and I just don't want to regret. It's like I really want to take care of this really precious life that I'm so grateful I get to live. And so, you know, I I think that just lowered my patient's tolerance for working for things that didn't that you know that I didn't like. And so, you know, I tried, I was a waitress. Um, and what I loved about that, I think what I learned is that I like I love being around food and I loved customer service and making people feel happy and like, you know, I loved connecting with customers and um I realized I was good at sales that way. And uh, I I realized I could create better like dessert options than were that was on like the menu of these restaurants, you know. So I was like, wait a minute, like. You know, there's something here, but I hate actually being a waitress. Like, I hate working for a boss that I actually don't believe in and that is mean to me, you know, and and I feel underpaying me. And um, so I think like my just tolerance for like, you know, I did it for enough, and then I was like, I'm miserable. Why would I ever sign up to be miserable? And then I jumped around and tried to work for a PR company. I was miserable. I was like, I don't believe in some of these products, like I can't do this. Like Um, I tried to get a job in finance. Like I just, I think, you know, it wasn't an easy fit anywhere. And in the background with like my just hobby of baking and, and, um, kind of, you know, getting really pat, not just baking, but getting super heated and passionate about how disappointed I was in the packaged foods that were available in grocery stores and just so disappointed that like, this is what America is growing up on. And like, these are our options. And if I'm not satisfied in New York city, what's available in New York city, I feel like it's not available anywhere. Cause like New York city normally is like, you know, yeah, has everything, you know, it's not the middle of nowhere. It normally has everything. And I was really disappointed, you know, and I, and because I understood about chemicals and ingredients and artificial colors and flavors and really cheap oils and flowers and all this stuff that, um, really isn't good for you. I just, you know, I just got disgusted. So I think not fitting into a job easily and having this anger continually rise in myself about like what I stood for and what I believed in. Um, you know, I think, I think all of that, you know, showed me that like I'm pretty unemployable. <laughs> like I just, you know, I'm just not gonna be happy unless it's something it's something for myself. Um, and it's something that I so believe in, you know. And if it's that, I can give 110%. But, you know, that's it. And so yeah, I think winning that contest and then I got into Whole Foods was some of the first grocery store I got into. And all of that kind of secured my confidence, I think. And I think I was so miserable working for those other people that that was all I needed. It was like that reminder. It was like starting a business is is incredibly hard, like absolutely crazy to some degree, but all of that is worth it to not have to work for someone I don't believe in. All of that is worth it to like have my own schedule and self-respect and like wake up every day. So excited, so excited to like grow and conquer. Cause I so believe in what we're doing. So I think, you know, I think that was when I would just, I so knew I was an entrepreneur and, um, you know, that was kind of at like 26 years old or so. Yeah. I think that that just secured it for me. And, you know, now obviously I can't imagine, right. like, you know, I can't imagine. I love having mentors. I love having like people that I can learn from, but I don't want to Uh, I'm not meant to work for someone else.
0: (laughs) It's not, it's not for everyone. I just read a book. I don't know if you've read it. It's called entrepreneurial leap. And I just did a solo episode on it by Gina Wickman. And just reading the book was just like listing off all of these traits of an entrepreneur. And I was reading this book and I'm like, and this is why I feel all of the feelings that you felt and like why you feel unfulfilled. So just kind of gave me kind of like you said that assurance of like, Hey, okay. You're going in the right direction. Just keep moving. You mentioned starting a business is hard and that's unanimous across the board. What was the biggest challenge that you faced initially when you launched the business? And then what's the biggest challenge that you're facing currently as you scaled across the country?
1: So, um initially I didn't know anything about business and no one in my family's in the food industry. So like, I really, it's not like I had someone built in to, and I didn't, and I started the company by myself. I don't have partners, there's no co-founders. So when I started the business, I was like, I really had to jump in hundred percent myself, you know? And again, I have that same kind of conversation to myself of like, Lauren, if you really want to start this company, You have to be 110% in because no one's going to hand this to you. No one's telling you the trade secrets. Like if you want to do it that bad, like you just have to show up and like figure it out. And so that's what happened. I just jumped in, you know, started Googling everything, reading about everything, talking to anyone that would talk to me. And I think, you know, the hardest part was honestly like creating product market fit. Right. And figuring out what my business plan was. So, you know, the concept, uh, the concept was, you know, healthier, delicious baked goods. And, you know, Sweet Lauren's, you know, now is, you know, we're non GMO, we're plant based, we're gluten free, we're dairy free, we're peanut tree nut free, we're kosher par, we're, you know, we're safe, our our cookie dough safety raw, you know, it's um, all these things. Right. So, but, but before I started, I really like wrestled with like I have this concept where I'm obsessed with healthier, delicious baked goods. Should I open a bakery? Yeah. Should I create a packaged product? What kind of packaged product? Should I do a cookie that's already baked in a package? You know, should I do cookie dough that's sold refrigerated, so you know you can make it warm and fresh yourself? Like there was there was many decisions in, to achieve the dream. So that took me a while to like. Wrap my head around how to write a business plan, how to compare what it would cost and what my lifestyle would be if I opened a bakery versus creating a packaged cookie versus creating cookie dough. Um, and so, like I wish I had a mentor who like sat yeah. me down and helped me go through that process faster. It was, it was really like soul crushing and like exhausting to like figure that all out myself. Um, so I would have said, you know, probably that to like, kind of get me started more confidently. So I could just kind of hit the ground running and stay focused. And, you know, now that we're scaling and now that thankfully we're the number one natural cookie dough brand in the U S you know, and we were sold in most every supermarket, um, almost in like the refrigerated dough section, we're now, it's now about, you know i see how much one person can do and quite frankly like it's very little right like yeah. one person even if they're amazing has strong suits has some weak spots has interests has passions and has other things that don't light them up and so i think now i've uh you know several years in i now know the things that i'm really good at and the things that i love doing and everything else i want to find someone smarter than me to do it you know and some so it's all about hiring the best people. So we're hiring now, um, for several roles and it's really, we're very, you know, we have high standards cause we have a certain culture and we have a, you know, we really want passionate people that are great to work with that are super talented. And, you know, so we're, you know, it's figuring out, um, I wish, I wish there was a line out the door of a hundred candidates that I was like, any one of them would be perfect. Right. But yeah. it's not that easy, like finding the perfect person for us. It's hard. And so, um, I'd say now that that's the challenge.
0: It's hard. And I feel when you're an entrepreneur, there's a sense of control over what's yours. And when you have that much passion behind it, I hear a lot of people struggle, release. They know in their gut, hey, it's time for me to hire out. But when it's something that's so close to your heart, there's an extra layer of, okay, it really needs to be the right person because It really only takes one, in a sense, for something to go away or when you put so much work into it. Leadership is huge, obviously, when you're scaling a business and as large as you've gotten. What are some things that you've learned about yourself personally? Also, taking this back to the audience, too, that are listening to this, that the entrepreneurship journey has taught you.
1: So, um, the entrepreneur's journey has taught me, I mean, it's taught me so much, right? Like you really see who you are when you're, you know, um uh, someone isn't giving you a job description and you just have certain responsibilities, right? Like when it's just like, no, you're listen, even if with, a, even with a great team, at the end of the day, like I am still responsible for the success or failure of the company. Right. So if someone doesn't do a great job, you know, I gave them the responsibility to fulfill that job. But if for some reason they don't do it or they quit or whatever, it's then, you know, still my responsibility to fill that role and make sure we, you know, do that task. So I think for me, um, it's been the most amazing, like eye opening, soul opening experience because I really am seeing what does Lauren believe in? What is Lauren passionate about? And how hard is Lauren going to work? to achieve that. Because again, it's not for anyone else. Like, this is me. Like, you know, um, it's not like, you know, I have a family business and I'm like, I got to do this for my dad or my, you know, it's like, it's like, this is mine. So, you know, who are you, Lauren? Like, how are you going to show up? Like, how much energy do you have? How many years in you do you have? How, how much do you love this? How much can you innovate? How, so to me i really really enjoyed that because i love like the introspection and i love like really i don't know just seeing who i am and really making sure i'm aligning myself with the company so that i'm you know i'm excited to go to work every day you know that i'm in a place that like celebrates my um you know the things that make me special and the things that are my unique talents so um and it's also shown me to like completely let go of my ego like you st- can start a business and Listen, I'm very confident about certain parts, um, certain parts about me, and certain, you know, there's certain things that, like, I get why I'm the CEO and founder. Like, I, I get, I have the passion that, like, people can't even believe that I'm this passionate <laughs> about cookie dough and clean treats. Um, you know, so like, I have the passion, I have the vision. I will always uh, try to outsmart, outthink um, be more nimble than anyone around us, you know? So I think all those things are, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what makes a great leader, right? Because you have to have a North star that everyone is working towards. And, you know, and I'm the face of the brand. Like I tell the story, I, you know, and I love being that because I like connecting, you know, I like really hearing like what people love about Sweet Lawrence. And I love connecting with, you know, our fans. And I love telling the story really to be an example of for female entrepreneurs, but also for anyone that's just overcome something hard. And it's like, how to like, as, as hard as it is in the moment, but like how to heal yourself and like turn that into a strength. you know, I think that like, that's, um, you know, so I think there's, and then innovation, like I love creating recipes and I'm very close to the product. So like, those are the things that I've learned are my strengths and um are very unique to me and i i can't really hire those out you know and i think i think everything else um like the operations running our factory the machinery we use the packaging the logistics like the, the the distribution the warehousing even sales i loved sales like i'm the one who got us into whole foods and all public supermarkets and kroger supermarkets and You know, and then I brought on an amazing uh, VP of sales who, you know, does the most amazing job way better than I ever could. And like, I'm totally cool with that. I'm so grateful she's part of our team. And, you know, bring on a CFO who can do numbers and spreadsheets and, you know, way better than I like, awesome. And, you know, so I think just like throwing the ego out and really recognizing what you love, what you're great at, and finding the best, smartest people in all those other areas to come on board and feel like, we all bring something really special.
0: I love how much you talk about the internal work and how much it is a mindset. I want you to get specific here. Are there specific things that you do when you're going through a challenging time in business or- You're letting someone go for people out there listening that are aspiring entrepreneurs or maybe they're going through the same thing of how you stay so positive because you can truly feel your energy through this Zoom of like how passionate you are. And I truly know it's a choice. So I want you to be specific on things that you do, whether it's working out or journaling or whatever it is for people out there listening.
1: So for me, I work out every day. I'm very active to me. It's the most amazing free medicine that exists. So like, you know, it's like some people hate it. I feel like it's like a habit that you just got to like get into your routine and your system. And then it's something you're going to crave forever. Like the amount of endorphins that you get from it, the, the amount of just circulation and like blood flow to your body and brain. Like I get the best ideas working out or in the middle of it or after um because there's just like blood flow happening and you know you know again I think nothing feels better than feeling healthy and strong so like you know um I do that um it also really helps your metabolism and I'm a foodie I'm tasting cookies and chocolate and like recipes all the time so like just staying active so that like you can have this indulgent lifestyle but it's still very much part of a balanced healthy lifestyle Um, so to me working out is the best stress reliever. I literally, you know, um, it's something I look forward to. I mix it up so that I never get bored. Like I go for runs, I do yoga, I do Pilates. I'll do the butt Peloton spin. Um, I'll do weights. Like I mix it up because I never want to get bored. I want to, so keep challenging myself. But to me, that's the best medicine physically and mentally. Um, I just can release stress it feels like it's self-care that's like my one hour to myself where my daughter my one-year-old isn't crawling on me work isn't bothering me you know so um i really look at it like you i i don't know i don't feel guilty about that like that is that is my that is so i'm a better person so to me that really helps me it clears my mind for an hour i see things more clearly afterwards i get rid of all the stress so that when i I don't have pent up stress. So I don't freak out about things, you know, like I've released the stress so I can handle problems in a calm, grounded way. I think also just, you know, I observe a lot of people and like I observe leadership and it's like when there, there are a lot of tough problems um, that companies deal with every day. Like every day we have a meeting about something we're trying to solve, you know, it's just, it's constant problem solving and, you know, I look at the way I react. If, if someone on our team or someone outside our team, you know, um, is talking in an aggressive way or putting people down or like kind of freaks out um, and doesn't know what to do when there's a tough thing going on, that's not inspiring to me. So I just like observe that and realize like, I need, I want to be a leader who like is calm, cool, and collected, even when there's very stressful things and can say like, okay, this is really hard. Let's like, everyone take a deep breath. Let's just acknowledge this is, this absolutely sucks. But like, we're sweet Lawrence, like we're the smartest. We like out, we, we solve problems, you know, like, like let's all just like step away and have a meeting tomorrow and everyone come back with like 10 ideas of, you know, how we can fix us, you know? And I think That like, that to me is an inspiring, I'd be inspired if I was in that meeting, you know, versus getting yelled at, or, you know, I just don't know how that's going to help the situation. So I try to, I try to lead that way.
0: What are the three most important qualities? You said you admire a lot of leaders and I have a mentor myself and he's completely changed my life. What are two or three of the most important qualities that you think make a good leader in business?
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting you say business because it's very different from other kind of mentors I have. So I think the biggest thing I learned um, from my mentor um, in business, um, my mentor is this guy named Joe Plumery. and Joe is very. I've learned that he is very um, is pretty unemotional in certain ways, um, and for someone who cares so much and is so passionate, and I'm a very emotional person in general, but with business he's able to cut through the bullshit and just kind of say like, yeah, I really like that woman's personality, but like, or her as a person, but it's not the right fit for the company. Like, can't you see that? Like, you know, we, we don't agree on X, Y, and Z. We're not moving forward on X, Y, and Z. Like, um, just, I think in business there are there are business decisions that need to be made, and they need to be fast. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, not in a year, not in six months. Like they have to be made within a week or a day. And if you can be a little bit less emotional and just look at like a business and a goals and structure, and are things getting done, and are they getting done in the right way, you know, then you can make hard decisions faster because um, you're less kind of emotional. So um, that's really helped me. Um, I think, um something else is to dream big. Uh, I think you know when I started the company, you know, I always wanted Sweet Lawrence to be a brand name from the very beginning. That's what I would say. I want Sweet Lawrence to become a brand name. I want to be the next brand name. that stands for natural and clean and Delicious. I want the next generation of kids to grow up on this. Like I can't wait for Sweet Lawrence to be, you know, a massive company in refrigerated cookie dough. and so i said that but like i didn't really quantify what that meant in terms of dollars yeah. like how big of a business like what does that actually mean like how many supermarkets would you have to be in how many products how many and um you know again like at the very beginning when um joe my mentor came on board you know he like why aren't we the biggest you know like he really helped give me permission as i think just a young person in her mid 20s someone who'd never started a company before someone who, you know, was still, you know, I'd overcome cancer, but it's had only been, you know, like a handful of years. Like I still, you know, anytime you go through something traumatic, like, you know, you're, you're never fully over it. Right. But like, I, you know, it's not like it had been 20 years. Like I was still feeling a little vulnerable. Um, I'm a female entrepreneur, all those things, you know, just, all of that was just thrown out the window, and it was like you can dream as big as you possibly can and want and should. And that was really—that's um, the way I look at the world now. But that was really impactful when I met him because um, sometimes you know we we don't know if we have permission to dream that big.
0: That's something that I personally struggle with, and my mentor said the exact same thing. He said, "When you find something that you're passionate about and you're good at, the sky's the limit." And I think until you really hit that point, like I haven't gotten to that place. So it's hard to, A, permission, like, and I don't know if it's a female thing and maybe there's other people out there listening that can resonate with it. I think we're, we sound like I'm ego driven as well. Like I can show up in a room and that sometimes can be my biggest detriment. But I also think it just comes from having that passion. Like when you're super passionate and I'm, can be overly confident in situations versus I think guys are really good at my mentor as a guy of just like taking the emotion out of it. And he tells me that all the time. But with the dream big, sometimes I'm like, can I really get there? Like, is that really it? And then I interview people like you or talk to other people. And he told me he's like, my biggest mistake was that I didn't dream big enough. And it's just wild to me because in my personal experience in the corporate world, I think you're kind of taught to stay like in a box and that you can't do this and that you can't. But I think when you really push those boundaries, I mean, you're in what, 12,000 stores now, over 12,000 stores?
1: Yeah. More like 15,000 now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think to go along with that, what's really important is not only like have it be fluffy. Like, I think that was the other hard part for me was like one, just a permission to mentally dream huge, like just crazy dreams. Like, like don't put a cap on it. Like as big as you want. But then also that seems so like esoteric, like, cool, uh, we're going to be, you know, the number one, we're going to be the biggest. What does that actually mean? And like, I think going going back to like a business plan and breaking it down to goals and numbers and how are we actually going to get there? Like, then you're not just dreaming, oh, one day I want to be the biggest. It's like, no, okay. Like I'm actually going to create a plan to get there. And like, I don't expect us next year to be the biggest, but like, I'm going to create a plan that next year, we're going to be here the year after we're going to be here, then here, then here. And oh my God, I actually, I'm starting to see that like this huge, insane dream is actually very, very possible. You know, like we've made such progress over the last several years. Like I now know what success looks like. Um, I know how to get there. I know our customer really well. And so you know, dreaming big, but also being very, very tactical and very, very business you know savvy and focused and analytical and um, that's how you get there
0: well, steady growth, I know your business obviously has been around not for forever but a little over a decade. So what have you seen in your business? I know you guys have had steady growth. I think there's some people that have that steady growth and do a lot better than those who have overnight success. What has that taught you about building a business and whether there's certain challenges that have come along the way? But I think it's important for people out there listening to realize that this isn't overnight. Like the success that you had, 12,000 stores, didn't happen in six months. There's been a lot of growth and probably a lot of change along the way, so I want you to speak to that a little bit, and if you have any like specific examples.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, listen, you you know, more power to anyone who like wins the lotto or starts a business and overnight it's a multimillion dollar business and everything's amazing. But, you know, for our industry, you know, selling into supermarkets is a very old school business. Supermarkets meet with you once a year. So even if you want to get in new flavors or new products more than once a year, you have really once a year is a chance to meet with that supermarket. So the supermarket really only resets the shelves, you know, every year. Um, You know, sometimes they can fit things in, but you have to think about it. Like a supermarket only has so much real estate and they have to plan what's going in everywhere. So um, again, I didn't know anything about this industry, but when I started, I said I would show up 110% and I just would figure it out. And, you know, so I think that patience of like meeting with supermarkets every year, like being able to like just grind it out and think about and get customer feedback because every single year. So when I launched Sweet Lauren's, really the premise was just clean, natural, better for you ingredients and delicious taste. And then I got into thousands of supermarkets. I got into Publix and Kroger, and, and then I would start to hear from customers: "Hey, my son has a nut allergy. Can you make it nut free line?" Hey. I'm trying to be more plant based. Can you make a plant based line? Hey, my husband's gluten free. I'm not. Everything tastes gross. That's gluten free. Can you make a gluten free cookie? You know, so that's how I've tweaked Sweet Lauren's. So now Sweet Lauren's. You know, again, the goal is just to be really simple, good, clean ingredients, no junk, and it tastes delicious. Like, which is already hard to do. But we've also you know become plant based, dairy free, gluten free, peanut, tree nut free because I want everyone to be able to enjoy the same product. I don't care who comes to the dinner party, what your food allergy is or dietary restriction or lifestyle or health issue. Like I just want to feed as many people as possible. And so, you know, again, like that happened, like really learning about the customer and having patience and just constantly tweaking and not putting anything into the market that wasn't, so delicious that, like I, my mouth wouldn't water for it, you know, and so i think I think now, several years later, to anyone else who's like trying to break in, you know, it kind of um, you know, to me, it's just like you know it, it it takes several years to build something that has this kind of like we have the best relationships with supermarkets. We have such a strong following of fans. we um you know, people can rely on us um. I know how hard it is to produce this, the kind of machinery you need, the the type of recipe, how incredibly hard it is to create the recipe we've created. So like, it's not easy to copy as yeah. kind of all I'll say. And so, you know, I think that like that took just brick by brick, you know, of building and, and every customer service inquiry, every email, every complaint, every praise, you know, every single one of those, some, some human on our team really caring, writing back, you know, and, um, I think that like, you know, that to me is very sustainable. Like now, several years later, I haven't raised, you know, I haven't raised a lot of money. Um, you know, I were a very profitable, healthy company. Um, uh, we have a really great team of people. I mean, all these things like took time, you yeah. know, but now it feels very sustainable. And, um, and, you know, you just, you can't make that happen overnight.
0: What are two to three biggest pieces of advice that you would give young entrepreneurs, whether it's a mistake that you made that you look back on now and you're like, I wish I didn't, di- I didn't do that or things that you just wish every young entrepreneur should know.
1: I think one. I have so many things, but one. we you know, you can give really more. Be, yeah, really yeah. believe in yourself. Like, if you really are so passionate about something, if you're passionate about something, it's also your strength and it's white space in the market. Like, if it, if you combine those three things, like, go for it. Every, everything can be improved. You know, there's opportunity in every industry to innovate and make something smarter and better. So I think like if someone's considering it or like not sure about it, it's like, yes, it's risky. Yes, it takes a ton of work. Yes, you'll work every day for the rest of your life, you know, until it's, you know, you've sold it or it's not yours anymore. But um, if it's something you love, like you'll be the best in the market. If it's something that you love more than anyone else and it'll bring out the best parts i think of yourself too so you know i, I i'm a big advocate for just really going for it and feeling like you know you don't need someone else to validate that like go for it the world needs more entrepreneurs that's how we progress um and then two i would say you know hiring it's hard but just when you're at the very beginning you barely have a business it's really hard to attract the best mentors or advisors or you know even talent and team right but those are the things that i think are going to absolutely help you scale the company and make the right decisions so do whatever you need to do to attract that talent and to find those right advisors and mentors and you know if that means like working on your prototype until it's just so genius and ready to go if that means Hustling like I did for the first couple of years alone to get a product off the ground to show that it had traction so that I could then attract really great people. Um, I just think working hard and like showing up 110% is the only way to make an amazing business or product. And so, you know, show up and like do the hard work and be proud of that. Like, it's so cool to be nerdy. It's so cool to like love something that you work hard for. It's so cool to like build something that makes the world a better place. So um, I'd say that's the other thing.
0: Yeah. It's It's so interesting to me because I feel like that's one thing that I admire the most and just am so inspired by is the passion behind entrepreneurs. And I think it's one area, and this is literally why I have the podcast, because I've never met so many people who just inspire you to want to be better and to do better And it's a very selfless act too, I think. I mean, I think there's a part of entrepreneurship in a way that could be looked at as selfish, but I have yet to meet someone that isn't willing to help or isn't like you who's super inspiring is like go after your dreams. It's just such a different, again, like change in mindset that I always encourage everyone. I know it's hard, but anytime something's hard, it's always worth it.
1: Listen, like nothing cool is easy. Like, I I mean- Nothing, you know. Some, you know, something that's really special took hours and hours of perfection and training and work. You know, so you know that's really what I mean is that like you should be proud of like even though it's every day is like it's exhausting and there are so many times I cried myself to sleep and there are so many times I, you know, I never almost quit but I like I was miserable. I really got to a point, you know, like I I went through it, yeah. but you know, looking back, I can say that was all worth it. And like, I know it's all worth it. Like it makes me proud to put in that hard work, you know, and it makes me proud to like, you know, just kind of push myself to the limit and like really see like, you know, what I can do and what I'm made of. And, um, and that feels really good. It feels, it feels good to have something that you're very proud of that you built with your own hands. And I think that like, you know, some people, you know, if you have that itch, you know, go for it because I think, you know, the hard work is worth it in the end.
0: Yeah. I love that. And as we begin to wrap up the podcast, I want to be respectful of time. Um, first off, is there anything else that you want to share on the podcast or anything else that I didn't cover or any last piece of advice that you want to leave the lovely audience with?
1: Um, all I want to say is if you haven't tried sweet Lauren's cookie, dough. Please go try yeah. it. Email us. Tell, tell us what you think. um You can find us in the refrigerated dough section of your local grocery store Target, Whole Foods, Kroger, Publix, Stop and Shop. I don't know. Do you go on our website, sweetlauren's.com? It's sweet, L O R E N S.com. You can put in your zip code and it'll show you what stores near you sell sweet lauren so i'd love for people to try it spread the word um, email us with any questions or anything we can help with you can bake our cookie dough it's safe to eat raw but and it comes in little portions so you can make one or two at a time or the whole package so you can also put it in your in an air fryer okay. you can put it in a toaster oven like it takes just a couple of minutes to make a warm fresh cookie um and so yeah i just you know, want to want to see people's reaction, and um, thank you for helping us. You know, share our story and um, spread the word,
0: and share your handle. Where can people find you on social media? I'm going to put all this in the notes, um, but just share where everyone can find you.
1: Perfect. And so, follow us on social media at Sweet Laurens. So it's Sweet L O R E N S. You can also follow me personally at Lauren Brill L O R E N B R I L L and you sign up for a newsletter on our website and you know we're also on facebook and twitter but yeah follow us join our journey we have some super exciting things happening this year and um and beyond
0: if you're in dallas i know the whole foods off of mckinney has it and the whole foods off of park lane but i'm gonna put everything in the notes too for everyone um listening the product is great i didn't just have her on here because she has a great story I had a friend that told me the other day that she eats it. Spider, the producer is going to buy it. I buy it every single week and I freeze two of them. So I buy them in like groups of three. So I don't have to keep going back every week. So they are an amazing product. You're an amazing CEO. And the last question that I ask everyone is, Lauren, what are you grateful for today?
1: I am grateful for my one-year-old daughter. You know, she has shown me so much work. I mean, any moms out there, the most work but um she's just learning how to hug and like kiss and it's just so much love it's just it's really nice to have something now outside of work you know that is very fulfilling
0: oh i love that i don't have kids mm-hmm. yet but little kids are so cute
1: yeah so i am so much work
0: Yeah, I know we were talking about that at work. Yeah, they're like, it's the hardest job, but it's the most rewarding. It's like similar to work in a different way. Um, But I am so grateful for my health. I know I said this last week, but I just think it's something that usually there's one time every year that I get sick. So I'm just super grateful to have my health around this time of year. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I truly appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for having me and best of luck and health to you.